You're listening to the Lecker Room Sports Media Podcast. Good evening, sports world. This is Jacob Lecker on the Lecker Room Sports Media Podcast. It's Thursday, May the 13th, 2021. It's Thursday evening, 824, here on a beautiful evening here in Ozark, America, Springfield, USA, Missouri. How is everybody doing this evening? Uh, Hopefully you're doing well as this podcast is going to come out on Friday. So actually, once you listen to this, happy Friday. Uh, actually, it's a sad Friday as um, I don't want to go too far into depth of it. But my gosh, how about those Royals? Am I right? I mean, 11 games in a row. Good for them. I mean, I mean, not good for them because they were losses. 11 Losses in a row, including today, the Thursday's game. We got swept by Detroit, the probably the worst team ever. So does that make us the worst team ever? The last podcast, I was so optimistic about the Royals. They had just come off uh, winning seven of their last ten. And now we are sitting at 16 and 22, I believe. So, uh... uh I tweeted out yesterday after the loss yesterday um, against Detroit, or maybe it was uh, two days ago. I quoted their uh, the Royals tweet after the loss. Let's pull it up here one second. So the Royals tweeted out, final Tigers four, Royals two. And all of these tweets you know, when we're sitting at 16 and 10 saying, we're the best in the, we're the best team in the MLB. We got the best record, tied for the best record. And all my friends, and I was excited. Yeah, I was like, yeah, let's let's go. We're, we're back. I mean, we're not back, but, you know, we all were in agreement saying, yes, this is good, but there's still 135 games left. And this is, so, you know, after we lost our 10th game in a row, I said, you know, I blame I blame the losing streak on the people who jinxed us celebrating the best record in baseball with 135 games left, or give or take. I just I I don't. You could definitely tell who the non. I'm not. There's a reason to be excited and everything, but 135 games left. Come on, guys. Come on. There's a lot of baseball left. You know? Did you know the Royals the year they made the playoffs in 2014? were had a losing record at the all-star break did you realize that come on royals fans you know better don't get excited this early in the season or don't get uh don't get over jubilant but uh enough about that come on guys come on all right we're gonna jump into the intro of the podcast our favorite segment just kidding i don't really have a name for it quite yet but uh we're going to call it I Asked Jonathan. Now, Jonathan is my coworker. if you didn't listen to the last podcast, uh, who is not uh, too literate when it comes to sports in general, but he is he's an athlete. I'll give him credit. Very strong. Strong man. Lift many weight. 
but uh, but I like to ask him sports questions, mainly baseball, because I think I think the sport that he's probably the most well versed in is soccer, um, and I'm not. If people don't know me, I just don't I don't follow soccer very often, uh, unless it's like the World Cup. But so I like to ask him uh, questions about other sports. So I asked him two questions, and one he actually got right. I asked him uh, what team has the most championships. Uh, and he answered the Yankees, and I was very impressed. So then I asked him how many championships that have the Yankees won, and he answered eight. <laughs> and, and then I said, no, they have 27. He goes, well, that was my next guess. And I said, yeah, right, because eight comes, or 27 comes right after eight. So, but he got one right. Good for you. There's a, some claps for you. So I asked him another question. I said, uh, what teams, this is an NFL question, kind of off topic from what we normally talk about, but I said, what teams has Peyton Manning played for? And his response was, wait, there's a Peyton Manning? What about Eli? And then he answered, uh, the Broncos, the Giants, and like two more, question mark? And obviously that's not, that's not right. <laughs> As a Broncos fan myself, that has nothing to do with it, but you know. Peyton Manning is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and I figured he might know this one, but he might not. So, but uh, so for those who don't know, Peyton Manning played for the Broncos, so he got one right. Giants was Eli, and then Peyton also played for Indianapolis for in multiple years, winning one championship uh, against the Bears in 2007, the 0607 season. Okay, moving on. The podcast shout-out of the week. Well, shout-out, Jonathan. Thank you for answering questions and being on my podcast uh, a little bit through text rather than... We'll, we'll, we'll find a time. We'll record these questions, and we'll just answer them in the podcast. That way they can hear your voice. Okay. Uh, the podcast shout-out. Jo- Jeffrey Bonhambless, my college roommate, a great friend of mine from Kansas State University. Uh, shout-out to you, buddy. Uh, congrats on finishing your finals. Uh, have a good weekend. Have fun. Be safe. Brush your teeth. Um, and then the fun thing I'm doing this week, or we'll just jump back to last weekend since I'm a couple days removed from the last podcast. I went to Dallas last weekend. Went to go see my older brother. Uh, take a wild guess if you don't know. You have five seconds about how old he is. Five, four, three, two, one. If you guessed that he's... 12 years older than me, you were right. <laughs> uh, I'm the youngest in my family. Got three older brothers, one older sister, and he's the oldest. So went to go see him, my two nephews. Got two two nephews. Uh, he's got two boys. Got to hang out with him. Got got to hang out with those two kids and my two-year-old's uh, birthday party. So that was a lot of fun. Saw some family. Saw my parents. And then this weekend, uh, I am going to see some friends uh, that are graduating from college. So hats off to you guys. Shout out to you guys. Congratulations to all the grads everywhere throughout the United States that are graduating this weekend on this beautiful uh, weekend, May, in the middle of May. Uh, Going to Kansas City tomorrow to see my buddy Jeff. And then we're going to Manhattan to see our friends. So it's going to be a good weekend. Uh, Another, another long weekend of driving for me, but, uh, we're up for the we're up for it. So, shout out to everybody. Congrats on graduating or finishing finals or whatever. Um anyway, so 
we are going to do our favorite segment. Just kidding. I don't even know what my favorite segment is quite yet. But this one is the Baseball Trivia. Welcome back to Baseball Trivia with Jacob, where I test my knowledge of baseball. And eventually we'll do other things, but baseball seems to be the most popular, I guess. But uh, (laughs) this topic of today is World Series Trivia. So last week we did Royals trivia. The first podcast, we just did general baseball. This week is World World Series trivia. So question number one, we're back on our our useful trivia website. Question one, what year was the first World Series played? 1921, 1910, 1884, or 1903? Well, I would have to say either 03 or 84. I really don't think it's 1910 or 1921. 1921 is definitely not an answer, and I don't think that 1910 is an answer because the Cubs won the World Series in 1908. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's been happening since 84. Ooh, that was wrong. So it's 1903. All right. Although there were other postseason championships that took place as early as 1984, the World Series was not established until 1903. Okay. So we're 0 for 1. Our goal is to get uh, get three of these right. Okay. Oh, there's okay. There's five questions, and I can go to the next. Okay. So 1903 was the first World Series. Number two, what player executed unassisted triple play in the 1920 World Series? Bill Wamps. <laughs> Welcome back to Jacob can't read. Bill Wam. Wams Ganes. Wams Ganes. <laughs> Tris Speaker, Ivy Olsen or Babe Ruth? Uh, considering I think Babe Ruth is an outfielder, so no, I'm going to say Ivy Olsen. Tris Speaker, Bill blah blah blah. <laughs> On October 10th, 1920, during the fifth inning of Game 5, Bill Wams Ganes caught a long drive hit by Clarence Mitchell. He then stepped on second to pick off Pete Kilduff and personally tagged out Otto Miller, who was coming from first. Then assisted triple play is probably the most amazing feeling feat to ever take place during any World Series game. That is from the website. Okay. (laughs) Couldn't read his name. Sorry, Bill. Question three. What Dodger pitcher broke a 62-year-old record when he struck out 29 batters in the 1965 World Series? So, for those who don't understand what's happening here, he pitched more than nine innings and struck out basically every batter. Um, I'm assuming this is in one game. Strike out twenty. I'm not sure if this is in one game or not. Okay, we'll just read the answers: Wally Bunker, Mudcat Grant, Don Drysdale, or Sandy Koufax. Uh, I'm going to say Koufax. That is correct. After losing in Game 2 of the 1965 World Series, Sandy Koufax came back with a four-hitter game in Game 5 and a three-hitter in Game 7. He finished... Okay, so 29 strikeouts was in the entire series. Okay. For some reason, I was thinking he struck out 29 batters in one game. and That would be outstanding. An incredible feat for a pitcher ever. Like, I don't, I don't even know what the all-time strikeout record is in a single game. It 
and it's probably in the mid 20s but it's no way it's higher than 27 i'll have to look that up in what question four in what year was game three of the world series postponed due to an earthquake uh i'm pretty sure this is referring to the the earthquake in san francisco and i think oakland was playing um see i think oakland was playing the giants uh so the answers are 1929-1908-1908-1908-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1909-1
I should, I mean, that was my first guess. Why can't I just go with my first guess? Come on, Jacob. <laughs> All right, question nine. How many runs did St. Louis score in the 2004 World Series? 2004 World Series was uh, the Red Sox and the Cardinals. The Red Sox won that series, breaking their 87-year drought without uh, winning a World Series. Um so then the answers are 12, 67, 18, or 75. Uh, I'm going to go, because I think the Red Sox swept. I don't think the Cardinals played very well. I'm going to take 12. Yep. <laughs> St. Louis scored only 12 runs in the 2004 World Series. They scored nine in game one, two in game two, and one in game three. None in game four. St. Louis led the National League for run score during the regular season. See, baseball is a fun game because... You could go all season being the best team all year and then get cold right as the playoffs start. And it's kind of ironic. Weather gets cold. You get cold. Um, <laughs> you know, going back to the Royals, I guess, I mean, best case scenario, they start playing 500 ball, 600 ball the rest of the year, um, give themselves a chance at the World Series. But, I mean... Uh, it's very unlikely to get this cold twice in a year. So rather, it you know, you'd rather be cold now than later. But, you know, beside that point, the Royals probably aren't going to make the playoffs unless they really turn something around and, you know, start playing better because they really haven't even been scoring runs, which is insane. But that's beside the point. We're getting to our last question. How many have we gotten right? Three or f we gotten four right. All right. Question 10. We got to get this one to get at least 50%, and then they're going to curve us up to a C. That's how we graduated college. <laughs> what player set a record by pitching in seven games of 1973 World Series? Tom Seaver, Daryl Knowles, Bob Euchre, or Rolly Fingers? Um, uh, oh my gosh. I don't even know. Tom Seaver is not Tom Seaver. Daryl. Daryl Knowles is the only pitcher to ever appear in all seven games of the World Series, saving two in Oakland's victory over the Mets in 1973. All right, we got four out of ten. We don't know much about the World Series, but we do know a fair amount about the Kansas City Royals, apparently. <laughs> so we are going to go into our first break. I know the trivia segment went kind of long uh, today, but um, we got a lot of cover. Um for MLW, up next, uh, Gators and Cobras. We're going to talk all about that series and the series that will be posted tomorrow on Friday at 3 o'clock Central Time. The game will be posted on YouTube for the next game, which is the Diamondbacks and Eagles. That has already been played. That game is being posted tomorrow, but we're going to go over the Cobras and the Gators, which was posted May the 7th, which was last Friday. That's all coming up next. Welcome back. You're listening to the Lecker Room Sports Media Podcast. We're going to go over the Cobras and the Gators. But you know what I totally forgot to mention in the fun things that I'm doing this week, fun things that I've done this week? I actually got glasses. I totally forgot the first time I've ever gotten glasses in my life. Uh, got those on Monday. Got my eyes checked last week on uh, on uh, Thursday. And uh, now I can see. <laughs> it's amazing how much if like even though my my eyesight is still fine, like I can like right now I'm doing the podcast 
without wearing my glasses. I should probably have them on so I can read my notes. But uh, it's amazing how much of a difference it makes. Just like a little bit. Like goes from, you know, slightly, you know, I can make out the words slightly blurry, but just just that little high definition in my glasses. Uh, I've been wearing them all week. I think I think they look good. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, beside that point. All right, Cobras and Gators. The post, uh, the video was posted on Friday. The game, the series was played on May the 1st. Opening day was May the 1st. The defending champions, Great Lakes Gators versus the Coastal Cobras. And I'm not going to say the score. I can't remember if I said it already, but I'm not going to say it. I'll say it here in about 20 seconds. But uh, go watch that series if you haven't watched it. I highly recommend it. It was a great series. Um, a lot of firepower from both teams. Um, go watch the series. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm not going to not say the score. Spoiler alert. Okay, five, four, three, two, one. All right, come back. Are you ready? The Cobras won the series? What? <laughs> but really, who is who is surprised that much considering how much hate Drew Davis got last year for how much trash? He did talk on the Gators saying that they would win zero games after trading the pick, his, uh, his 2021 pick to the Gators, um, which he turned into Baranowski, um, who played in this series. And as well, uh, so let's just go right into it. The uh, Cobras win the series against the defending champions two games to one. Um, one story that did come out, if you don't listen to the MLW Pipe It Up podcast, uh, Drew Davis came on the podcast um, and was talking to Tommy, was hosting the show that day, and said that he was actually not sure if he was going to play in the series, which is which is kind of crazy, but he said, and I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. So, but yeah, as far as I know, he, he was, um, he was hurt, uh, battling a, uh, Oh man, I can't remember. I should have this down, but he was hurt. He, he didn't know if he was, uh, was going to be able to play coming opening day and, and, uh, was going to have to sit this one out and let Duran Flynn Baranowski, uh, fight it out with the Gators, but showed up on game day. Um, his, his competitiveness, he mentioned his, he said his competitiveness wasn't going to let him not play in the series. So good on you, Drew Davis. I hear you've been working two jobs. That's tough. So um glad the podcast is going again for you guys. Uh, I see Tommy's picking that up, taking some responsibility on that. I know that's kind of Drew's thing. So, uh, but I, 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 I mentioned that on my last uh, two podcasts ago. I know you're a busy man. Keep up the good work. Keep keep on the keep on the competitive spirits. Um, but we're gonna jump into um, we're gonna break down game by game, and here we go. Game one, Cobras win five to one. Uh, the Cobras dominated this game um, from the start, from what I remember. Let's see. I I gotta pull this up real quick. Um, Cobras put up a five spot in the second inning. Um, Hits were firing from everybody. I think every, everybody had a hit except for Durand, who still had an RBI and a run. He was 0 for 3, two strikeouts, but still an RBI. But five hits from the other the other three guys, so uh, I should say who played in the series. Uh, Cobras had Drew Davis, Sean Flynn, Andy Durand, and Brendan Baranowski, the number one pick 
of 2021. The Great Lakes skaters had Cheatham, Georgie, and Zerleg. The returning champions had their regular roster uh, in-game in, in the series. So, um, Cobras win game one, five to one. Uh, pitching was not outstanding um, by either team. And a lot of that is attributed to how poor the weather was. I mean, the weather was bad. And they mentioned even on the podcast, they said uh, the fans don't even realize how bad it gets with, you know, the wind's blowing the ball around, the water gets in into the into the cracks of the ball, and the mud gets in there, and the ball just doesn't move um, like you want, or you know, it doesn't really go, uh, you know, where you you know, as a pitcher, you want to control, have command of the have your pitches, and the weather was just it was not favorable for either team. Um, which is, which is kind of ironic since, uh, so Drew Davis started the game, uh, eight walks, six Ks. So he still had eight walks, but they still managed to win five to one because Gators couldn't manage a hit. Gators got shut out. They got, uh, no, they didn't get shut out. They got uh, no hit is what I meant to say. They scored on walks and an error, uh, by the Cobra. or uh, actually no, the Cobras didn't have a hit. They scored on walks because, uh, okay. So um underrated standout for the game one was sean flynn sean flynn had two hits in his two at bats one rbi and three walks and from the gator side they came out cold no hit by drew davis despite walking eight times and scoring a run but they lose five to one they score one run with while getting no hit and remember these games only last three innings so it's not like no hitters happen it's it's a pretty good big deal to have a no hitter, but not as big as like the uh, the major league major league level, because they they play just less innings. But nonetheless, um, with how many times they were on base, um, and not getting a hit and still losing, I mean, all they had to do is put one or two balls in play, and it's a completely different game. Um, but Cobras end up winning five to one. Now game two is where. Um, Game two is where the things get interesting. Uh, the Cobras were up seven to one in the second inning, uh, seven to nothing actually, and the wheels fell off. Um, at this point, I believe Baranowski. No, no, no. So Drew Davis was pitching in the third inning, top of the third inning. Uh, Cobras were home, and Drew Davis started walking a few batters. So then he went to his number one pick, and his number one pick couldn't find the command. <laughs> he ended up walking 12 guys, and the co- the Gators went round and round and round and round, and ended up putting up 13 runs in the third inning. So now the score is 13 to seven. 13 to seven in a wiffle ball game, in a three inning wiffle ball game. So. <laughs> Uh, bottom of the inning, Cobras get something going, um, with the bats, bases are loaded, um, Gators can't find the zone, uh, Georgie is, no, no, who was pitching? That's not right. Well, anyway, I'm looking at the stats on the website, it says they only pitched two and a, two and two thirds, but they played four innings, so I don't, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, well, anyway. Uh, Cobras come back, get the bases loaded, they score two runs, and I believe there were two outs. Count was full, or maybe there was one out. 
But the count was full. Bases loaded. Drew Davis. Drew Davis was the standout of the game as he hits a tying grand slam in the bottom of the third inning to make the score 13-13. Cobras go on to win 14-13. Baranowski hits a weak ground ball up the middle with Durand on third base. Cobras go on to win game two. Um, so the standout of the game was Drew Davis with the walk-off, or not the walk-off, but the game-tying grand slam. Uh, Cheatham pitches in that game for the Gators, limits the walks, but gets rocked, allowing 11 hits in 12 runs. Jorgie comes in and finishes the game, but gets the loss. Jorgie is now 0-2 to start the season for the Gators. Game 3, the Gators avoided the sweep, won the game 1-0. It was a very minuscule scoring game, not a lot of hits from either side. Um, And then, so the series goes to the to the Cobras. Congrats to the Cobras. Win the first series. Um, I want to say I'm convinced that they're back considering how many hits they had because in the last year or two, hits have been a premium. Hits have come at a premium for just the league in general. So, I mean, listen to this. Um, well, I'll, I'll get to this. Story of the series. Gators. <laughs> story of the series. Gators can't hit. Um, I believe the Cobras had... Let's see, 14, let's just go to this, team batting leaders. Cobras had 20 hits in the series, 19 runs, which is which is pretty wild. Gators matched that with 15 of their own. But guess how many hits the Great Lakes Gators had? Two hits. Team average is 0-6-9 to start the season after one series. Now, that'll, that'll go up after one series. They'll have a day of their own. They'll end up batting 220, 230 as a team. Cobras are batting 440 as a team, 20 for 45 in the series. Uh, only six, only 17 strikeouts, 16, uh, 16 RBIs, 13 walks. And my favorite stat of them all, on-base plus slugging. The Cobras are batting 1.191 in on-base plus slugging. My favorite stat of them all, which I think really determines the best team when it comes to hitting. So, um, story of the series, Gators can't hit. They only had two two hits the whole series. Uh, nobody can throw strikes. Tons of walks. Gators had 29 walks as a team. Yeah, you're not going to win a lot of games walking that many guys. I mean, you're just giving up. And and I, you know, you go back and you watch the Instagram live game and 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 uh, the the YouTube video itself, and the Gators can find the zone. I mean, weather per- permitting, but you know the Cobras also had a pitch too, and they only walked 13 guys. Um, and that in 12, 12 of those walks, that can't be right. Regardless, I, the, the, you know, both teams had a pitch with the weather. I'm, I'm looking at the website right now and I'm, I don't think a lot of these stats are correct. Cause I know Drew Davis had eight walks in the first game. Baron had 12 walks in game two and they, it only shows 13 as a team. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Never mind. That's right. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> it's right. I'm looking at the hitting batting leaders. I'm an idiot. <laughs> anyway, regardless, Cobras dominate at the bat. Uh, point number three, it is hard to pitch in wiffle ball in Clement Mather. I forgot I put that down. Okay, biggest winner of the series. You know who the biggest winner of the series was, in my opinion? Drew Davis starts off the year with almost convincing performance. I say almost because we've seen the Cobras do this years past as they dominate early on and then the wheels fall off. But 
it's looking very, very promising with how many hits they had. I mean, you don't even need pitching with that. If you put up that many hits each series, you're going to win a lot of games. Uh, you know, I said the magic number was two runs. Well, they won game one, five to one. They won game two, or they won game one, five to one, and game three, uh, they lost game three, one to nothing. Then game two, they won 14 to 13. I mean, you put up 14 runs. You're, ah, all all my numbers I like to look at are out the window at this point, just because of that that's that game too. But um, Drew Davis is the biggest winner of the series. He ends the series seven for fourteen with two home runs, nine RBIs. Um, and here is the stat I was alluding to earlier, um, saying you know hits come at a premium. The last couple of years, hits people just don't get hits. Well, Drew Davis won the Silver Slugger in twenty eighteen, I believe. Um, so here's a question for you. How many hits did Drew Davis have in all 15 appearances, you know, 15 games that he played in 2020 at 54 at-bats? He had seven in the series on uh, opening day, seven for 14. In all of 2020, he had a total of 10 hits. He's already more than half of the total hits he had in 2020. He was 10 for 54 with a 185 average. So biggest winner of the series, Drew Davis really coming out hot for the Cobras. Biggest L of the series, the entire Gators organization coming off in an unprecedented World Series win over the Wildcats. The Gators were primed to show to show out a little bit on opening day, but only managed two hits in three games as a team. Without Cheatham going deep in Game 3, the Gators likely are swept. I I don't believe it, the Gators, well, the Cobras put in, um, well, Gus actually played in Game 3, uh, the Cobras' last pick in the draft. Uh, I, I don't see anything. Let's see, what did he do? Gus went over for 2 with the strikeout, so he didn't do much. Um, I think if the Cobras really go out, and what did I say in the first podcast? I said, you got to go out and win every single game. I don't know why. Um, I don't know what they were planning on doing in game three. I think they were just like, we already won the series. Let's go out and have fun, which is fine. Um, Baranowski was on the mound in game three against Cheatham. Cheatham gets the win. He's 1-0 on the season. Baranowski is 0-2. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, the, the the Cobras should have swept this series, if I'm being honest. If, if they would have played like they did in games one and two, they should have swept the series. I don't know why they didn't go for the sweep. Um, but the Gators took a big L um, in in MLW this week. Um, beside that, Jorge and Cheatham apparently are in Las Vegas. If you go on the MLW Instagram page, <laughs> they're out in Vegas, so they <laughs> they obviously aren't uh, too too upset about the series lost. They are sitting at one and two. The Cobras are two and one, um, and that's all I have for that series. Uh, it's a little all over the place, a little jumbled up. Um, but we'll be more structured for the next series. The Eagles and Diamondbacks um, video coming out tomorrow at 3 o'clock Central Time, um, as uh, that is per the MLW Instagram and social media pages. Be on the lookout for that. I already know who wins game one. If you go on to their Instagram page and watch their Instagram live, the Instagram live every single game one of their series so go on there watch the eagles and diamondbacks game one i'm not going to say who won that series but go check it out um again the next 
uh, series, Eagles and Diamondbacks, a a uh, division matchup of the NL, right? Yes, the NL. So, Eagles, Diamondbacks tomorrow. Wrapping this up, Cobras win game uh, series number one against the Cobras, two games to one. Uh, game one, five to one. Game two, fourteen to thirteen. And game three, the Gators avoid the sweep with a 1-0 win. You're listening to the Locker Room Sports Media Podcast. And welcome, welcome back to our final segment of the podcast where we discuss the latest standings in our favorite uh, league professional baseball league the mlb but first i forgot i totally forgot to add this on my last segment i was gonna update on my predictions for the season of mlw um i'm two and one of my predictions i i totally picked the cobras to win game one and the gators to pick game three um did not pick game two so i'm two and one on my predictions for individual games but i am sadly oh for one on my series predictions as I chose the Gators to win that series. So hats off to you, Cobras, for showing me wrong. Um, We're going to go over the MLB standings here for in a second. Um, But, uh, oh, boy, them Royals. How about them Royals? And you know what's the worst about this losing streak? We've lost 11 games in a row now. Um... We got swept by the Tigers, lost two or three to Minnesota, uh, got swept by Chicago, is that right? Um, but, I mean, God, it's just so, it's so frustrating, I, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. It's, it's not even like one aspect of the Royals is doing bad, it's... We're giving up like nine runs a game and only scoring one or two runs, and we're now you know our run our plus minus run differentials we're minus thirty five. Um, man, man, oh man, oh man, Royals! How do you? I mean, I, I can't act like I'm. Why do I act like I'm surprised? I mean, my good friend Colby tells me they do this every year. They start off hot and then they get cold, and then well, they started off really hot and then they got really cold. So. Man, man oh man. But still 16 and 20. Um, you know, floating around 500 for now. Maybe they can win tomorrow. Um, who do they play tomorrow? I'm not 100% sure about that. But um, in the American League East, Boston is a leading over Toronto by a game and a half, and followed by the New York Yankees, also a game and a half. Boston is 23 and 16. Six and four in the last ten games. Chicago White Sox leading the Central Division at 22 and 13. They're hot right now, one six in a row. Uh, another reason why the Royals are falling behind because they're losing a lot and everybody else is winning in their division. So White Sox lead the division, 23 and 13, game and a half ahead of Cleveland. In the West, Oakland is back on track, leading the, the division at 23-16, and 16, two games ahead of Houston, who is at 20-17. and 17. Those darn cheaters still find ways to win. We got to find find the reason for that. They're probably banging trash cans again. I, I, probably, I, I don't know. 
But uh, following Houston is Seattle at 18-19. They've fallen off here in the past 10 games. They are 3-7 in their last 10, lost the last four. On the National League side, the New York Mets continue to lead the division. They've won seven games in a row, followed by the Phillies, a uh, game and a half behind the Mets. And following the Phillies are the Braves at 17-24 games behind the Mets. In the NL Central, St. Louis has come on in the last 10 days at 7-3 in the last 10 games. So uh, they are 23-15. and 15. Uh, My good friend Alex loves to send me uh, anytime Eric Nolan Arenado hits a home run uh, because uh, I am a, a, a closet Rocky fan right now because of how terrible they are <laughs> and how poor their management is. Uh, so anytime the Cardinals do good and Nolan Arenado does good, he just loves to... Loves to tell me about it. Uh, Cardinals in first place in the NL Central at 23 and 15, three games ahead of the Brewers. Uh, finally, in the NL West, the New uh, New York, the San Francisco Giants are two and a half games ahead of the Padres, who are half a game ahead of the Dodgers. And my team, the Colorado Rockies, are 13 and 24. <laughs> Unfortunately, so. Uh, that's your wrap up of the MLB. Um, so yeah, everybody have a good weekend. Hopefully your Friday is going well when you listen to this. Hopefully this gets posted by 7 a.m. like the normal time um, when it gets posted on the day that it gets posted. Um, yeah, have a good weekend. Uh, it's supposed to rain a little bit. But hopefully not too much. Uh, other than that, I don't. I don't really have a lot left. Uh, Go Royals. <laughs> let's let's win a game. Pop pop the bubbly when they win the game. Put put tarps in your room. Get some champagne. If they win one game, just celebrate like it's the World Series. I mean, at this point, who cares? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, go Cats. Go uh, the K K State's playing this weekend. The K State baseball is playing in the Sunflower Showdown against the Dirty Jayhawks. Um. So I'll be looking for that. They are playing in Lawrence, Kansas uh, for the Sunflower Showdown, K-State Baseball, and the Kansas Jayhawks. Second to last series for the Wildcats. Um, following the Jayhawks series, they go back home and finish out the series against TCU. TCU leading the Big 12 in college uh, in the in Big 12 standings right now. TCU's on top. So K-State's got a tough couple of weeks ahead of them and then the big 12 tournament following that so that's wrapping it up here on the lecker room sports media podcast i hope everybody has a great weekend thank you again for listening this has been the lecker room sports media podcast thank you for listening